Hey, welcome to Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies. And sometimes we just keep it shallow. I'm your host, Megan. I'm Kate. Get ready, because here come the spoilers. Hey, we're here talking today about Saw 3, and I am more excited to talk about this than I expected. Um, I didn't think I cared too much for Saw 3, but I rewatched it and I thought it was pretty good. Oh, you thought it was pretty good. I did. (laughs) I wasn't (laughs) expecting to. (laughs) I was really excited to talk about this one because it's so bad. It's so bad. (laughs) Oh, man. I also have a lot of um, love for this movie just because... um, of some outside factors that have nothing to do with the movie itself. I went to a Fangoria Weekend of Horrors Fest um, right around the time the DVD for this was coming out. And so I got to see, um, I got to see some of the creators on stage talk about, talk about this movie and the traps and, you know, the Saw franchise. So I am just very excited to talk about, um, my mood around this movie and um, just yeah just just how it it kind of actually shaped my love of Saw to be honest um, oh, but go ahead <laughs> yeah Saw 3 for me is a great example of more money not leading to a higher quality film yes <laughs> Saw, Saw 3 was greenlit immediately after Saw 2 came out because Saw 2 just did amazingly at the the box office. Saw 3, they filmed it in, I think, eight weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) Yeah, with a $10 million budget. So for for context, Saw 1 was a $1.2 million budget. Saw 2 more than doubled it, almost quadrupled it. It was a $4 million budget. And Saw 3 was a 10 million dollar budget horror movie. Oh my goodness. I don't know I don't remember if it's the longest of all of the Saw movies, but it's definitely the longest of the first 3. It's just over 2 hours. The other two are about an hour 20, an hour and a half. Our podcast episodes are longer than these actual movies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so much. It's so much. I I'm really excited to dig into it with you because as I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's right. When I think about bad Saw sequels, this is one of the ones I think is a bad <laughs> sequel. I, yeah, I also think about this and also Saw 4 as the two that I really don't like. Um, and mm-hmm. it's when they introduce Detective Hoffman. I really don't like the Hoffman character at all. And he's in, you know, almost the rest of the Saw movies now. Um, Fun fact about uh, Detective Hoffman. um, Greg Hoffman was the producer on Saw 1 and 2, and he died while working on Saw 3. So he's been posthumously credited for the rest of the Saw franchise, even though he died before Saw 3 came out. Um, and then they also named this detective character who I hate after him. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad character. I think that that was one of my issues with this movie was there's no one to really root for in this movie. The plot uh, super 
high level summary here because this is one of the Saw movies that really starts to get a little convoluted with the number of plot lines that are in it. Um, yeah. Is <laughs> is Jigsaw uh, is still um, two movies later dying of cancer, and <laughs> he's not dead yet. <laughs> not quite dead. <laughs> so he's still kicking. He has his henchman, Amanda, who is now an overt, very active henchman. They're not really beating around the bush with this. Uh, he has Amanda kidnap a doctor who whose whole test is to keep Jigsaw alive for the duration of another test subject's test. And this, <laughs> and this other test subject is a man who he lost his, his son – his young son, his eight-year-old son, in a hit-and-run car accident three years ago. His marriage is on the outs. We don't see his wife. He has a young daughter who he's a total dick to. <laughs> She's like seven, and he's so mean to her in this movie. And he is being put through these traps. I mean, he's a pretty obvious jigsaw victim. And so you've got these two kind of warring plot lines, plus there's – a few extended flashback scenes for some good measure. The movie opens with a trap scene that's totally unrelated to the rest of the movie. There's just, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> um, yeah, they're a broken family and Jigsaw is the only one who can put them back together. Um, so really quick, I wanted to do a rundown of what's going on in 2006 when this movie came out. Um, 2006 yeah. is the year before I met my husband. So there was that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also the year that Steve Irwin died. Do you remember oh, that? So yeah. sad. Yeah. He got jigsawed by a stingray. And then we also, yeah, I like that one. Uh, <laughs> we came out this year. We bowling. That's basically all I remember. Mm -hmm. um, the housing bubble gets jigsawed. This is when it bursts. And... <laughs> leads to our wonderful financial <laughs> crisis of 2008 later on and this is the year of Suri Cruz Suri Cruz is born oh wow yeah Remember how big tabloid magazines were in yes. this like early 2000s pre-2010 time time frame I feel like it was like a tabloid bonanza yeah, I mean, I think sometimes they still are, but I know I don't pay any attention to them except when I'm at the checkout. Gotta see mm -hmm. who's getting divorced, you know, at a quick glance. Um, but yeah, so that's that's when this movie came out. Um, and so again, like back to what I was saying, this year I went to uh, the Fangoria Weekend of Horrors, which was in San Jose. And I, I was trying to look up stuff about this event and some details and who was there and, and how long it was. I couldn't find anything. Um, they really don't have much content about the San Jose convention. Um, but my boyfriend and I drove up from LA and we stayed for the weekend and went to this festival and we got to see them talk about Saw 3. Um, at the time I had seen this first Saw and I had I was done with it. Um, I was kind of in this time period where I didn't really want to watch horror sequels because they usually sucked. <laughs> and I wasn't yet at a point where I could just enjoy that. <laughs> um, but we went and we saw them talk about it. We saw them talk about the props and, 
you know, that amazing pig scene where they're, they're bringing in all the pigs and, and shredding them up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, drowning the judge. Um, and it just sounded so fun and so cool. And I remember someone from the audience asking, are you guys going to keep making saw? Are you going to make another saw? And he said, basically, as long as they keep making money off of saw, they're going to make saw. <laughs> And that's when I was like, you know what, this is really fun. Like, I should just enjoy this stupid series and go with it because the traps are so fun. Um, some other stuff I saw at, at this convention, I got to meet Gris Grimley. He's a, he's an illustrator for a bunch of, I guess, uh, children's books, but they're all, they always have like a horror type theme. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. seen his artwork. Um, I got to meet... Sid Haig from the House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, cool. And he died recently. But I did get him to sign a, uh, a little record, um, a single record from House of a Thousand Corpses. And he put, the softer the cushion, the better the push-in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got to see the premiere of this Goofy B movie called Death Row. Um, and Joe Estevez, who is, um, you know, of the Estevez family, he was there because he's in it. And I got to meet him and tell him how great I thought he was in it. <laughs> but it was really fun. Um, I had so much fun that weekend. So this movie is kind of special to me in that sense. Um, it, it, it was the movie that made me want to go back and watch Saw because I went to this festival. That's really cool. I I don't have anything that makes me emotionally tied to this movie in any way. (laughs) And nor should you. (laughs) Except that I, you know, I I think I'd seen it around when it came out and then um, you and I rewatched it and then I rewatched it yesterday. So I, I think that this is one of the Saw movies I've seen the least number of times Mm -hmm. and rewatching it. I I just took a issue with a lot of it. I think that there are some fun things in it and there's some definite carry through of themes that you see from previous movies that they, they have throughout the entire series. I just, I felt like they really turned the dial up on things that I don't appreciate in the Saw movies. Mm-hmm. And so as we kind of like work through the traps and, and talk about it, I can, I can c- complain more, <laughs> complain more about it. <laughs> So much to complain about. Yeah. What was your trap count? Ooh, okay. Let me look at my notes. I had 10 listed. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. I'm excited to go through this. Yeah. I was a little generous with the trap count. And some of these, I think, are tests, not traps. So we we can get into that, though. All right. Um, There might be fewer actual traps, but if you count the number of times Jigsaw is like pulling something over on someone, I counted 10. Okay. 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 I got seven. All right. Should so we... we'll see. Yeah, let's do Ooh, it. Seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's just, um, let's jump right in. So the movie opens with a direct tie-in to Saw 2. Yeah. This is like flashback level overdrive. <laughs> we literally saw this in the last movie. <laughs> Yes, yes. So if you are not 
you know, a maniac like we are, and you actually like take time in between watching sequels, having these types of refreshers are probably great. This movie, <laughs> we just watched Saw 2 well recently. So it's a flashback to remind you of how Saw 2 ended, which was with Detective Matthews. He has been locked in the warehouse bathroom that Saw 1 took place in. So this movie is already really expecting you to have seen Saw 1 and Saw 2. This isn't a movie to just jump into. You would be so confused. It does not stand on its own. Yeah, and you know, if if you haven't seen Saw 1 and Saw 2 at this point, what are you doing watching this? What are you doing? (laughs) I would love it, though, if someone was just like, flipping through cable and this was on like <laughs> that's true one of those random I don't know Turner classic movies I'm sure this will yeah. be on there one day <laughs> AMC. yeah to be five hours long with commercial breaks yeah I guess that would have been a thing back then <laughs> so Matthews is in the bathroom and where we last saw him Amanda she gets the briefest of moments. She gets like a five second shot, not even five second shot, like a two second shot of her closing the door on them, which is where you get the first hint that she's a henchman. He's in this bathroom and he, he looks around, he sees that there's a severed foot attached to some chains, looks around a little bit more, sees the saw and he puts two and two together very quickly. And he grabs the saw and he's like, I'm going to have to, saw through my foot to get out of this thing yeah and he doesn't waste any time again he sees what he's he's being a good detective right here he's like oh there's a foot it's been cut off that's how the guy got out of the chains and he tries to do it and dude I couldn't do it either I'm with you Donnie especially like this saw has been used already Ugh, gross but he smashes the fuck out of it with that toilet seat lid I don't know if I could do that either is that any better I nope I don't think it is and that toilet seat (laughs) lid is getting a lot of action in these movies that was the same murder weapon used against Sep that's right saw one and he uses it to smash the shit out of his foot until it is so mangled that he can just pull it through (sighs) the chain and I don't, I couldn't do either. I think that this is like what we talked about last time where you, you have your personal limits on like what you're willing to put your body through. And that's one of those things. I don't, I do think that if I was given the choice between sawing off my foot and breaking my foot badly, I would, I would break my foot. I guess so. He, he really uses his rage to his advantage in this case. I think I'd have to be really, I don't know pumped or something <laughs> to, to no, get the energy to smash my foot like that don't people black out when they go through extreme pain that's what I thought no one blacks out in these movies yeah I would be, I'd be passing out all the time yeah and it gets worse I this came up for me again later I forget the trap but when we get to it I'll I'll call it out but I was like how do people why are they even still awake strong I know it seems impossible so I did okay so this is where I I said I was being really generous with the traps I did say Matthew's in the bathroom getting okay into the bathroom could potentially be called a trap although there's no there's no motivation 
or even means for him to escape this. So you could just call it not a trap, but a death sentence because I mean, that's what happened to Adam. That's what happens to a couple other people who just get left abandoned mm-hmm. to die in a situation <laughs> where they're not really being tested. I don't, I don't really know how to classify this one. Yeah. I honestly just didn't count it because it came up in the last movie. So I gave the last movie credit for it and not this movie. That's sort of how okay. I treated it. Yeah. In my count. All right. No um, double dipping. <laughs> I also really thought Donnie does a good job. Um, he does a good job acting in this scene. I, I think when he screams for Daniel, that made me really sad. I, I felt really bad for him because I knew he'd never see Daniel again. And, you know, people who are who make mistakes don't deserve to have to cut their leg off or break their foot to get to see those people they love again. Um, so I thought that was really really good well I thought that was well done from yeah I thought the opening was good um it it then is a quick cut away from this so kind of orients you to the fact that Matthews did end up in that bathroom he's trying to figure out a way to escape and then it cuts away from him to a new a new scene and so you've got this ambiguity right at the beginning that Matthews might have gotten out of the bathroom. He might he might have died there. We're not totally clear on this yet. We see in this next scene with his previous partner, Detective Carrie. Carrie is her first name. I don't remember her last name. Mm-hmm. Um, they are getting called into a crime scene that they know they've immediately tagged it as a jigsaw crime scene. So yeah. she rushes over there and she, cause she's thinking it's going to be Matthews because he's been missing for six months. He's been a missing person's case for six months. Right. So they get over there. And so this is the first real trap that we see in, in the movie. And this is uh, a character who has nothing to do with the rest of the plot. Uh, <laughs> His oh, Troy. Troy. <laughs> so yeah. we meet Troy. Yeah. We meet Troy. And it's a really long trap scene. And I think that this is one, like the first real indicator to me that they decided to use all of their extra budget on just body props and fake blood. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Troy, this is Yeah. And, and it's in this. It's in this classroom, right? This uh, somehow it's an abandoned classroom. Where did he find this classroom? Um, there's yeah, chains coming from every corner of the room, so he's had time to set this up and chain this guy up. Um, how? I, don't I think know. that we're supposed to believe that this isn't Jigsaw because right. Detective Carey does say that Jigsaw's mo is to make sure that there's always an actual way for someone to survive this trap. In the trap with Troy, yeah, in the trap with Troy, he has, again, a minute and a half to unlock his chains um, by ripping these, by really ripping these chains out of his skin. Yeah. Um, And if he doesn't do it in time, it will explode. Right. There's an explosion. There's some kind of bomb device. In, in the room with him and 
the detectives, they realize that the outside of the door where he was supposed to escape from had he survived was welded shut. And so yeah. there's no way to ever survive this. Not cool. Not cool. Jigsaw wouldn't do that. Jigsaw has very um, flimsy morals, but not that flimsy. Yeah, I mean... He at least gives the impression that if you did everything exactly right, you might be able to survive. I find a lot of those very questionable. Like there are some of these that like just <laughs> survivable, like that guy with the tiny little flame from Saw 1. Yeah. Who's covered in flammable liquid. Like, you know, like that one, it's like, okay, Jigsaw just wanted him to die. Yeah. I think that some of the collateral damage characters that you see in Jeff's traps later. I mean, those people were getting tested. Those people were just props in a different test who were just going to be set up to die. And so I, I think it's a little loosey goosey on what his morals are around it, but they do at least try and say that there should always be some way for someone to survive in some way for it to be a true jigsaw trap. Yeah. And and not to mention the door being welded shut, but this, he's got a chain going through his jaw. How do you rip something? I mean, the rest were like attached to his skin. So that's like a minor flesh wound, flesh wound. But if it's going through your jaw, what do you do? How do you rip it out of your jaw? I wondered if this movie was more, if you're being really generous, was more brutal and more gory and a lot more body horror. Yeah. Because... Amanda is the one who's building these traps. And Amanda had a big chip on her shoulder. Yeah, Amanda. And also, we'll find out later that Hoffman had something to do with this as well at this point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we just don't know that yet. Um, I also want to call out that this guy, Troy, is being punished for already going to prison. And and this tape says... (laughs) You've had all these advantages and privileges. And I'm like, dude, don't tell this Native American man that he has privilege in this country. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's wildly tone deaf. It's, you know, he doesn't believe in prison reform. He doesn't, he doesn't believe. <laughs> he only believes in jigsaw reform. Yeah. It's like the justice system means literally nothing to jigsaw. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah. You're, it's part of the problem. I mean, immediately we get to go to trap two, and this is poor Carrie, um, our, our lovely curly-headed cop, and her crime is, of course, trying to solve crime. What a bitch. So, yeah. yeah. Again, he really doesn't <laughs> like people who uh, are career-driven. No, no. He probably wants her to have a family. He literally does say that. The show is all about solving the broken family. He's just trying to solve her broken family. Yeah, I don't love I don't love the tapes <laughs> towards women in this movie. I don't really like its treatment of women in general in this movie, which like we can get into more later, but yeah. The uh, yeah, the tapes towards you know, Detective Carrie She's a she's a career driven ambitious woman, which makes her dead inside, which means that she should be <laughs> um, 
like maimed and have to put our hand in the vat of acid. Yeah. Ladies, watch out. If you start going up the corporate ladder too much, Jigsaw might be watching you because you're dead inside. (laughs) Jigsaw or one of his horrible henchmen. I call I I call this being Hoffman. She gets Hoffman. Um, it's okay. when you're in a trap, and the trap is a hoax because no matter what you do, you lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. She gets Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, this one she she's got these uh, hooks that go into her rib cage, and um, at the beginning of the trap. She's already hooked into, into this device. Like she's actively bleeding. So mm-hmm. even if she gets the key, she's still going to have to rip this stuff out of her body. And she again has a minute to get out of this <laughs> trap. And she actually gets the key out. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then she, she sees a henchman in the darkness coming towards her and she goes you and then it seems like she lets herself get flayed it's either the timing of the trap goes off at like the perfect time or the horror of who she sees reveals itself and she then gets flayed open yeah it seems like she knows that this isn't winnable and she just gives up at that point Right after, you know, we get to see her flesh melting off of her hand. It's so gross. So it's visceral. Really gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when it, when the machine pulls her rib cage apart, yeah. it, it shows the entire inside of her torso with all of her organs stacked up. And Ugh. again, I was just like, you had all this money and you didn't put it into cinematography or art direction or music but you really really doubled down on the extra body parts they did (laughs) (laughs) I I kept looking for tits did you I didn't see any I did not see tits in this one um we get those (laughs) yeah later later (laughs) and I will say this is like so funny to say about a saw like saw movies is that saw one especially on rewatch you realize how restrained they are with gore Mm-hmm. Like, even as he's trying to chop off his foot, they cut away. Like, he starts putting yeah. the saw against his ankle, and it cuts away to Adam screaming in the room. It does that really nice, like, you only see Jaws for four minutes in the, in the entire movie of Jaws. Like, in Saw 1, yeah. you only have, like, four minutes of, like, actual body horror. And in Saw 2, it it definitely steps it up because the traps are more elaborate, but there's not a lot of blood and there's not the inside of bodies. Like you don't see the inside of people's bodies in the same way that you do in Saw 3. Saw 3 just kind of goes like balls to the wall on, on it. Yeah. Saw 3 is like, we've been holding back. Now we're going to do what we really want to do. And that's show you every disgusting thing that we can. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. I had to look away from this one. I wanted to blame it on just the director, um, but the director for Saw 2, um, Bousman is his last name, probably pronouncing that really wrong, is the same director for Saw 3. And the 
the screenplay writer in Saw 2 and Saw 1, the story creator, Lee Wanell, um, Australian filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, he does the story for Saw 3 also. Hmm. And so I had to imagine that, you know, they worked with the budget that they had for Saw 1 and Saw 2 and that Saw 3 is, it's a continuation of Lee Wanell's vision just with more money. And so maybe he would have been making <laughs> really gory movies all along had he had the budget for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point because from here on out, I mean, it just gets worse. All these movies get more and more gruesome. So you're probably right. That probably is where they want to take it. Yeah, it's this funny like Ouroboros of like a snake eating its own tail of like people think that Saw movies are really gross. And so they just become gross over time. And they become grosser over time. And so, so then people know like, oh, the last one was really gross. I bet this next one's even grosser. And then it just continues on and on and on forever. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard to write, uh, to keep it tame when you start off with a guy having to saw off his own foot. You got to beat it. Yeah. <laughs> got to get worse. Mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> got to rip your rib cage open. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I think at this point is when we start getting the narrative stories for our mm-hmm. other characters. We see, yes. we see we meet Lynn. Dr. Yeah, Dr. Lynn. She's, you know, got a page. She's got to go to the hospital. She's got a man in her bed. And he is grouchy because she's not paying any attention. <laughs> He's so grouchy. He's so mad. And the dialogue, the dialogue is so campy here. It is. He, you know, he says her, and they do, you know, there's some trickery in here because they mm-hmm. want to obscure who these characters are. So, you know, going all in, Dr. Lynn, we find out, is actually married to the other main character in the movie, um, Jeff, who, and they're being put through t- traps at the same time. That's the big twist ending that we get here. Yeah. Um, when, when we meet Lynn, though, earlier on, she's with another man who you think is her husband. And he's being super sour because she's, you know, cleaning herself up and getting dressed and just leaving immediately to go to work. And she she stops as she's leaving and she looks back at him from the doorway and says, well, what do you want? And he goes, a divorce. Ugh. And she leaves. But not without rolling her eyes. <laughs> not without rolling her eyes. It's so heavy handed. And then later, you know, you as the viewer, you know that it's because he's the other man and he wants her to get a divorce from her husband. Right. So, so of course Jigsaw is going to kidnap her. Of course he's going to wreak havoc on her life now. Yeah. Can't. Cause he, Jigsaw hates depressed people. He does. Adulterers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, people who already served their time in prison. Yeah. He's pretty, pretty like old Testament. It's pretty creepy. Yeah, you know, it's so funny with Jigsaw in this movie. I really felt like what they actually wanted to do for Saw 3 was um, an origin story or a prequel because of the number of flashbacks we get to other movies. Yeah. And to the amount of time we see uh, with Jigsaw setting up traps, working with Amanda, getting Amanda to set up traps. There's so much exposition to this movie that I felt like 
it would have been a lot more effective had they just said, we're going to make like Jigsaw Origins and showing how this guy went from happily married man to mass serial killer. Yeah, that would have been a good episode, actually. We didn't really get to see that. We only get the flashbacks. Maybe that's another project we can do later on is go and cut all the flashbacks and just create a new Saw movie out of the flashbacks. Ooh, yeah, that would be Um, but Lynn gets kidnapped inside the hospital. So I was thinking this has to be Gordon helping out, right? Since we need access. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Gordon. Um, and uh, there's, it's a little hard. I don't remember, I don't remember all of the details of the later movies. Me neither. Speak to this. But if Gordon was the henchman kidnapping her, why is he not? Why is he not performing medical services for Jigsaw to keep him alive? Yeah. No kidding. Well, you know. Maybe it's not his specialty. Like maybe because she is a neurosurgeon and she knows how to do brain surgery. True. This is surgery, right? She eventually has yeah. to do surgery, um, which maybe John knew could come up. That's that's one one thing I could see because when Lynn gets kidnapped – and she gets taken to Jigsaw's, you know, workroom, warehouse. There's basically an entire medical center set up in his room. Mm-hmm. There's tons of medication. Um, Amanda's throwing around medical textbooks. Yeah. There's some <laughs> yeah. drawings of skeletons on the wall for some reason. Yeah. You know, um, two of those drawings, I did stop to look at them. And it was actually drawings of, I think, what would happen to limbs on the rack. Okay. There were some animals up there, too, though, which I thought was funny. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Like some animal skulls and things like that. Oh, yes. Okay. So in this, I did see this. I wanted to call this out. So in Jigsaw's room where they're treating him, he's still as always rapidly dying of cancer (laughs) he's always existing in this state of almost dead there is on top of a medical cabinet in the corner there is a ram skull yeah black horns and red candles in front of it like the satanic (laughs) sign and I was just so puzzled by this because I was like are they trying to make a satanic connection now like are they dropping this in there? Was this just, you know, a set design intern who was like, this looks dope and it goes with his black robes. So we're going like, to. That's what I was going to say. He's, he's got to have some, some stuff to match his robe. And Amanda's got those badass boots that I love. So it makes sense. It just makes sense from a costuming and set design standpoint. No other reason though. Because I mean, they never come back to it. There's nothing satanic happening later. No, nothing. Theory. It's yeah. just such a random piece of set design. <laughs> Amanda has such a glow up in this movie compared to yes, the last two movies. Thank goodness. Ugh, Amanda. Her hair is long and pretty. Big improvement. She, she's wearing an outfit that I would have she looks healthy. loved to have owned when I was like 14, 15, which is yeah. when the movie came out. Um, <laughs> she's wearing this like like tight baby doll red shirt and these like 
you remember trip pants yes the brand trip yeah she, like it looks like she's wearing a pair of hot topic trip like cargo pants yes and these boots and she just looks like she's ready to like kick some ass and she's wearing a full face of makeup yeah yeah and she looks good she looks healthy she doesn't have any like mascara running down her eyes yeah she looks great yeah it's like as she's mentally deteriorating she she like she overcompensates how she looks <laughs> so um, losing it yeah <laughs> she is we do get to see her break down in this movie um but this is when lynn is actually hooked up to her trap um so i have this as the as trap number three not counting donnie's yeah. trap um but she's hooked up to basically a death caller <laughs> And when John dies, she dies, because that's fair. He's already dying of cancer, so eventually she will die. But, I mean, I wanted to know... Yeah, so when she puts it on, it, it's hooked up to his heart rate monitor, right? So if he flatlines, yeah. it kills her. Who, that's right. Who tested this? What kind of quality assurance went on to make sure that this neck thing would work i would be terrified to put that thing on uh maybe they tested it on some of those pig subjects yeah maybe <laughs> i was just thinking or maybe they're like ship it it's done <laughs> push it to broad yeah <laughs> like there's there's you know launching a website we have you know qa teams that go through and check everything and there's always a mistake and it's just a website this is an, an old an old man dying of cancer and his insane henchwoman yeah it's just the two of them like, <laughs> who so is making like sure this is gonna work <laughs> yeah so you got like your engineering manager is jigsaw yeah and then and lead engineer is jigsaw <laughs> amanda is qa front end back end hr customer IT. relations <laughs> Yeah, she needs to work on her customer relations a little bit. She's she a little, she's a little hot to trot. <laughs> um, and then we get to watch John or Jigsaw uh, scream at Lynn because again, he's not happy unless you're talking to him like a five year old. He hates doctors. <laughs> he, he does. Why is he so rude to people who he literally depends on to live, Lynn? Lynn is looking at him and she's a doctor and she's telling him that he is herniating in his brain and she's walking him through the reasons why he has very little time to live. And he's just like, what are you talking about? This is why I've got you in a trap. He's just going on and on <laughs> because he just wants her to be able to say to him like, yes, your brain goes ouchy, but I'll make you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he wants. And give him a lollipop. <laughs> okay, so Lynn has been trapped by Jigsaw to keep him alive for the duration of another character's series of traps. And so this is where we see a little bit of narrative with Jeff. Jeff is introduced to us. He has been a hard drinker. He looks like he's been up all night. He's still currently drinking and he's waving a gun around oh my goodness totally over the top yeah i like, also hate like, jeff 
Yeah, like I said, there's no one to root for in this movie except for Jeff's daughter. <laughs> yeah, basically. She's very forgettable, though. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to forget her. <laughs> like, Jeff Jeff forgets about her for 90% of this movie. Yeah. So Jeff is, like we said earlier, he is totally traumatized because he witnessed his son be killed in a hit-and-run accident. This is something where the man who killed his son, you know, was tried and convicted, but just like Jigsaw, this is not enough for Jeff. He feels totally slighted. He feels like not enough justice was brought against this man because he's never going to get his son back. So Jeff gets kidnapped by a henchman in pig mask. So classic, you know, Mm -hmm. a classic trap setting up here. And he wakes up inside of a wooden box that's suspended. Yeah. <laughs> and I, kind of, I do kind of love this because it's just like, again, like every once in a while we get these like acne style, like wily e. Coyote yeah. like, traps <laughs> and like, putting someone in a box that they have to break out of and then them not realizing that they're suspended like six feet above a yeah. concrete floor. Like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> It's so high up and it's, he doesn't necessarily know that. Yeah. So he just like breaks out of this box and tumbles to the ground. So he's just disoriented. And this series of traps is a novel for us. This is one where it's totally focused on him, but he is being confronted by the ghosts of his past. All of the people related to the hit and run accident that killed his son. So he... For the past three years, he's ruined his relationship with his daughter. He's really alienated his wife. And he's been saying over and over over these years that if he had the chance, he he himself would punish or kill everyone who's involved. And there's this this really goofy scene where he is like drunkenly pretending to aim the gun at all the people who he wants to blame for this. And it's so corny. How does Jigsaw find these clowns? Dude, I don't know. Yeah, what is <laughs> like, his connection? How did, I guess, okay, so I guess he knows about the doctor through Gordon, right? Gordon's yeah, probably sure. like, eh, here's this doctor and she's at work all the time, so you should probably look into her. It's so, I mean. <laughs> she also doesn't remember names. <laughs> it's not like he had Hoofbook at the time or even like just a regular subreddit you know it's not like he's on like the subreddit am i the asshole and he's like this person is definitely getting yeah. jigsaw <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna find this guy <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so, so jeff has um so this was i i counted jeff's trap yeah as kind of the total sum of what he has to get through he really has to to try and get through all of these scenarios that jigsaw is presenting him in to try to kill as few of these people as possible (laughs) yeah i i did the same so i think we're at four yeah Yeah, so we're at four with jeff so jeff he he gets um a tape with each one so as he goes into the first room he sees um the witness to his son's death the only witness to his son's death her name is danica and this room is like a little 
icebox chamber. It's so bad looking. It's really bad. And I don't like it because Danica, she is um, strung up naked in yeah. this room. And they're dousing her with some kind of liquid. I don't think it's water. Mike and I were talking about it because he mm. just touches the liquid at one point and it's kind of goopy. Mm. Um, it, the way it freezes on her body just like seems like it freezes really fast and okay. also kind of like coats like it coats her in a way. And yeah. So we're thinking maybe there was something in the water to make it freeze harder and faster. Yeah, because I wrote that down too. Like, how did she turn into an icicle that fast? <laughs> that didn't make any sense. <laughs> and I had a really hard time relating to how cold that must have been. I mean, I've been cold before, but I can't imagine being that cold. And, and it was really hard for me to relate. And I just felt so bad for her. Yeah, I think that they try to pull on your heartstrings with this one because she's totally naked. The whole time I was just like, does she need to be naked? Like She's also clean shaven. Man, girl looks good. Yeah. She has the smoothest armpits I've ever seen. Mike literally <laughs> asked me. He was like, how does she get her armpits that smooth? And I was like, electrolysis. Like, <laughs> I was like, she didn't have to shave right before she went on to set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jeff actually does try the key he has because he's given a key with his first test. Um, or when he breaks out of the box, he has a key with him, right? Yeah. yeah, and he actually tries it. And I was like, okay, good. At least he tried that avenue. Because a lot of times these guys don't even bother. They don't think. Um, so I was like, good on you, Jeff. Yeah, he he tries. You know, he's standing there and he does try the key that he has. Yeah. The, the real trap in here is that the key that's going to actually free her is behind these metal bars that he has to press his body against to try and reach to. And he hems and haws, but he oh does God, eventually he does. reach for it. And um, his face um, sticks to <sighs> the bar. Yeah. And so he has to rip his face off of the Ugh. bar. It's like, do you remember from a Christmas story when the kids Yes, like, the tongue they lift a flagpole and their tongue God. sticks? It was all I could think about was their tongue sticking. That's basically what happens to his face, except it rips off a huge chunk of his face. Yeah. I mean it's it's painful, but it's it's nothing. You know, it's really nothing compared to what these guys are dealing with. Um and he just you're right, he hems and haws. He just stands there looking at her, and I'm just like how can you watch this happen to somebody? I just don't think I could do it. Um, but he, he yeah. wants to sit and listen to the tape and think about it. And he wastes so much time. He wastes so much time yeah. that when he does finally get the key, he goes over and he's like, eh, he just like lightly strokes his hands on the ice. And he's like, I can't. It reminds me of that scene in Portlandia when the 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 bookstore ladies are like, I think it's Aubrey Plaza and they're trying to help her get this book on the top shelf. And oh, yeah. yeah. And Fred Armisen <laughs> is like, I can't reach it. I can't reach it. <laughs> He's like barely trying. That's what that looked like. I was like, God, Jeff, you are useless. You're just useless. Jeff seems to me like the kind of guy who's like, well, I tried. So you can't blame me for anything, you know? Yeah. Like, as long as I try. <laughs> 
he didn't really try though. Like she dies. Like that's that's the end of this trap is yeah. Danica dies. In and it wasn't that hard. He could have gotten her out. He this could've. one, she didn't die. He could have, um, I mean, I, it's cold, but he could have even taken off his sweatshirt or some, or pulled his hand out of the sleeve, put that against the bar to rest his face against. There were so many ways that he could have gotten out of this without really an issue, I think. I don't think that Jeff, as a person, really changes. No. I mean, you see, I mean, we know this because we know, because we know the ending, but <laughs> at the beginning, you can maybe think that, okay, he didn't really try that hard because he's still the Jeff that we've seen from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Because we're still in the beginning of the movie at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So he lets the guy, he stumbles out and into the next, into the next trap, which is, I think the grossest one. Face, oh wait, yeah, um, I was going to say face your fears, but face your fears is what it said um, on this trap. That's like a, a big, that's going to be a big motif in this one, facing your fears, look at me, um, you know, that's what Jack Jigsaw says to Lynn, look at me, <laughs> yep. and this is face your fears, and yeah, that, there's a lot of that in this. Um. We did sort of skip, we sort of skip this scene really quick. I want to get back to it. Um, but we start to see that Amanda is really not gonna do a good job carrying on Jigsaw's legacy. I mean, and, and you kind of see that throughout the whole progress of the movie, but this is where you start to see it. Um, Lynn, you know, Amanda's like, hey, you need to help him. And Lynn is like, I can't. And she literally says, I can't perform miracles. Um, you know, she can't do the impossible. And Amanda gets Amanda gets this medical book. And she picks it up. And, and you know, Lynn is telling her, starting to tell her what she needs. And Amanda repeats it back to her. I can't remember because it's a bunch of big medical jargon, you know. Um, and she's like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. And he throw, she throws the book at her. <laughs> Like, I hey, I've read this book too. <laughs> I love that Amanda is like, I'm a self-taught doctor. I'm as smart as you yeah. are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And Amanda has to, you know, so at this point, um, Jigsaw goes um, into shock or he's having some sort of seizure. And Amanda is being tasked with holding him down so that he doesn't hurt himself. And the look in her eyes is crazy crazy her eyes are just big and bulging out of her skull and I the whole time I'm thinking Amanda you dug a key out of a living body you can handle this <laughs> you need to get your shit together <laughs> I I this is like where I start to think like okay Amanda is really not cut out for this actually she's she's a little vindictive but she's really not strong emotionally to do this stuff that Jigsaw so wants her to do She's but, so yeah. obsessed with Jigsaw. Yeah. She, she's obsessed with him as a person. And I, watching this, I couldn't tell if it was sexual obsession or if it was paternalistic or yeah. mentor figure, like savior figure, because he, I mean, they definitely have that. He saved her from her heroin addiction. He gave her a purpose. She grew her but hair out. He, yep. She, yeah. you know, she's willing to go the distance for him. But whenever she feels like she disappoints him, 
she uh, cuts herself. She she gives herself these like large self mutilation cuts on the inside of her thighs, like very kind of classic self harm like things. So you see that Jigsaw is just a cult of personality for her that she's like so oriented around that she likes to think that she can be a protege of his, but she just really can't survive emotionally without him or even the thought of him dying. Like the thought of him dying rattles her so much that she's willing to kill the only doctor that can save him. Yeah. Yeah. She's very weak emotionally. Um, Yeah. I think that's a good call out because I, I wrote in my notes that the C plot for this movie is Amanda not being able to keep her shit together. Yeah. (laughs) That's plot C. Amanda and her shit. Yeah. Um, We kind of have like these two kind of like dual plots with like, you know, plots A and plot B are given equal weight with like Lynn and Jeff. But then like you've got Amanda's issues throughout as well. Um, And then after this scene, we get a nice little kind of or after I guess it's after the ice trap we kind of come back and get to see a little montage of of activity back in the hospital setup um at 4936 I don't know if you saw this but there's a mannequin uh wearing a neck brace that connects to the head and on the mannequin it says Paul oh yes yep I saw that do we know a Paul in this that you can think of I, I can't remember a Paul and I also can't remember that trap at the moment. No, I don't think that there's a Paul that we have seen yet. Yeah, and, and it might be nothing, but but I thought that was a cool call out. Um, at 4956, we get to see the bear trap. It is mm-hmm. It has resurfaced in uh, Saw 3. And Amanda tells Lynn that she built the collar. The yep. collar that she's wearing. And I'm like, Lynn, girl, you better be worried <laughs> because Amanda's <laughs> not an engineer. <laughs> this thing could go off at any point. <laughs> They're really trying to sell this idea that you can be a self-taught anything. Engineering like, is easy. Like, yeah, like you can you can teach yourself. You can DIY with some YouTube oh, videos and some library. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can build a bear trap you can build things with bombs and yeah you can learn medical you know the medical field especially around brain surgery it's it's a lot and we also get to see arts and crafts with john he's painting billy excited about this the last episode we were talking about his or like every episode talking about his like the idea of him with his little paintbrushes and like painting things and then you actually see it in saw three saw three is off I did enjoy this for all of its faults. I know I'm complaining a lot about this movie but there's some like fun things and it's and it does veer into the like so bad it's campy and like fun to watch like scenes so it is worth it for that but like the painting stuff is great like it shows in in, in flashback scenes um with Jigsaw and Amanda um it shows how Jigsaw really started to put together the elements for for his traps and saw one he built billy the puppet and painted him he successfully recruited amanda who um they confirmed for us was the person who kidnapped adam the photographer and, and 
dragged yeah. him to warehouse bathroom. And yeah, this is like our first made up flashback. It's a flashback to stuff we've never seen before because they had to make it up. <laughs> they're like, let's retcon in that Amanda's been working for him this whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. And we also get to, um, before we get to trap six, right before trap six, we see Jigsaw using Billy the puppet to trigger Jeff. <laughs> He's so hashtag triggered. Um, because <laughs> Billy the puppet is on a bike sprawled on the ground, <laughs> just like his son was when he died. <laughs> Jesus, Jigsaw, jeez. So insensitive. I like that Jigsaw's like, we're going to use the tools that we have. <laughs> <laughs> It's a totally immersive experience inside and out. Trap six is time to let go. That's what's written on the door before he goes in. That's right. Time to let go. Um, and this is the one with the judge. The judge, yeah. Yep. This one is gross. I think it's the grossest one of the yeah. movie. It's not even like body horror like the other traps which are like flaying people, exploding people, cutting off limbs, like kind of standard sawfare. This one is just disgusting. It's yeah. the judge on the case who did his job. <laughs> All he, <laughs> he did. did was... <laughs> and I, yeah, and I think he did a good job. I, I, I was thinking, you know, that's fair. Accidents happen. <laughs> yeah. So like a little bit of background. So when this, when this kid, because really it is a young man. Who, He's in college. He was in college yeah. who accidentally um, hit and killed um, Jeff's son, Timmy. And it, and oh, it's Dylan. Dylan. It Dylan, Dylan. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't a hit and run. Accident. Yeah. And it wasn't a hit and run. It was just, he hit him with his car. He stayed, got arrested. He cried. And <laughs> cried a lot. And um went before court and the judge was like yeah this was involuntary manslaughter so you get 22 months which is you know life altering for a young man who was a total accident and like I think it makes sense like I think it was a, a sentence that wasn't like too lenient or too harsh and well I, I think it was for, six months I think it ended up it being only six months yeah oh, okay I don't know where I got 22 months from um we can double check, but yeah, I think it was six. I, I mean, yeah. Even then, six months, like, yeah, it was an accident. It's an accident. Like, he was driving down a street that didn't have, I don't think it had like a stop sign or anything. And the kid was just like in the street on his bike. And he's a little kid on a little bike. Like, I mean, yes. And they show this flashback, this again, another made up flashback, which by the way, drives me crazy. You're right. That about this movie, when it comes to Jeff and his son, they only use these stupid flashbacks, like photograph, not even video, just photos of this kid smiling and like running and jumping or whatever. Like, like we're supposed to they're care. Like, yeah. They spent all the budget on the special effects. You're right. <laughs> yeah. There's too many dead pigs. They're, they're like, if we'd only gotten 15 dead pigs instead of 30, we could have actually filmed these ones. <laughs> I guess we'll have to do a photo yeah. montage <laughs> And and I'm just like, this doesn't make me care about this kid anymore. I don't care about this kid. I'm sorry. But but there's this one picture that they throw in there. And Jeff is sitting, watching his kid play. 
He, Jeff's sitting on a bench and he just has the most miserable look on his face. And I'm like, that is not the face of a father who's enjoying spending time with his son and making sure his son doesn't run into the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, this kid, this kid gets six months and the judge is who determined that sentence. And so he's trapped in this big empty pit um and his neck is is not chained but basically bolted down to the ground he can't move yeah it's yeah it's in this big vat type thing that he's trapped in it really reminded me of like a like a batman movie <laughs> like set up like you just see like the joker the scarecrow like doing something like on a very like dark like batman comics like not like you know, yeah like, Batman like doing this but yeah because the they're taking uh rotten pig carcasses Ugh. and um dropping them into essentially a meat grinder um slash juicer into this vat and so we just get moment after moment of pig guts sloshing over this guy's face and i just the thought of it makes me want to retch just like not even i retched a little bit while i was watching it's not scary like this movie like i don't think that there's actually any scary things in this movie like there's there's not really jump scares. There's not like edge of your seat. Like you don't know what's going to happen. It's just a lot. It's a lot of like gross stuff happens. That's hard to watch, which is slightly different from like a regular, like psychological horror type movie. Yeah. This is like a t- the, this is where Saw starts to get really like, well, I shouldn't say that. Saw 2 is kind of out there, but you really feel like, okay, I, I don't think this could really happen. Like the guy getting caught (laughs) jigsaw trapping a guy in a mesh of, you know, barbed wire. That's one thing, but this is crazy. This is huge. This, this big thing he's in is huge. And somehow jigsaw has his entire maze of a building to work with. So yeah, this is like, it's not really scary because it's so silly, but it's just gross. It's just horrible to look at yeah and if you spend any time trying to to put together like how did jigsaw or his henchmen put this together this enormous meat grinder was this in a meat grinding warehouse type situation and that's how they already had this set up but then where did he get the rotten pig carcasses from yeah does he have a butcher does he have a butcher henchman who's just never seen who's like hooking up? Like, is he just buying pigs and letting them sit for months? That's such a waste of food, Jigsaw. Jigsaw needs to go into a trap for wasting food. I know. He's in a trap of his own making. Yeah. His body's a trap. Yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah. Well, all Jeff has to do. Uh, oh, sorry. I kind of skipped what the trap actually is doing. So, yes, there's a bunch of rotten pigs. And what's happening is they're being dropped into this meat pulverizer and spit out into the vat with the judge. So he's going to, he gets to live with the thought of dying via drowning in rotten pigs, which is really disgusting and horrifying. And all Jeff has to do to help this poor man 
is burn some of Dylan's stuffed animals and retrieve the key from the furnace. And he, yep. and he can't do it. He, I mean, he does it, but it, God, it takes him forever. It really takes him way much, way, way longer than it should. They set up at the beginning of the movie that he is uncompromisingly attached to these stuffed animals. He has this sweet, darling, little, like, seven-year-old daughter who wants to sleep with her deceased brother's stuffed animals for stuffed some comfort. pig. Let's point out, yeah, it is a pig. Stuffed pig. And so the dad comes in and he's drunk and he's just waving a gun around in his room and he comes in. <laughs> the fuck are you doing with these stuffed animals? <laughs> basically. And like snatches it away from this little girl. And she was like, okay, daddy, I guess I'll get myself ready for school. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Like, what a mess. And uh, so, yeah, he's he's faced with burning his toy stuff burning his son's toy stuffed animals or letting a human adult man with his own family die <laughs> like that's the choice he's being put put up against here jeff does eventually decide that he's gonna just burn the stuffed animals yeah. and get the key he does the humane thing and saves this man <laughs> so he jumps into the vat of pig guts and uh frees this guy and he actually makes it. He survives. He doesn't die. And so Jeff is able to bring the judge with him um, into the next trap that he's going to go into. Yeah. And he seems to be allowed or allotted a lot of time to rescue him from this trap. Um, I feel I felt like this trap had a lot of time for him to figure it out. I guess because the pigs would only fill up the vat so much at a time. Luckily, it's a it's a very large vat. It would have taken. I mean, we see at least three pigs go through the meat grinder thing. It's so gross, so gross. Yeah. Um, so we see at least a couple pigs go through, and it's splashing over him. Ugh. But he's not in any danger of drowning. Like he he could have waffled on this. So it's totally possible that Jigsaw wanted him to at least take the judge with him into this last trap that he's going to go into. Yeah. This one wasn't a bad one for Jeff. Burning some stuffed animals is not that bad, but he still finds a way to hem and haw over it. He takes a sweet time. So I think at this point um, is where things start getting real critical for Jigsaw, mm -hmm. Lynn and Amanda. I believe that this is the time where before we really see the last trap, with Jeff um, is when we have the brain surgery scenes. So yeah. Jeff, yeah. So Jeff is, you know, doing his thing. Amanda, Jigsaw and Lynn are in and around Jigsaw. They see him start to seize mm -hmm. essentially. And Lynn knows that his brain is herniating. He's got inoperable tumors, but in the meantime, there's just so much pressure in his head. And Amanda is like, what do we do? What do we have to do? What do you need? I'll get anything that you need. Yeah, and, except the hospital. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Lynn over and over is like, you need a hospital. Like, I don't want to do this not in a hospital. <laughs> and Amanda's like, let me paint this fucking picture for you. We're not going to any fucking hospital. Like, she's so... <laughs> 
like single track about this thing. She's like, yeah. you're going to perform brain surgery on Jigsaw in this weird room. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Yeah. You are living the arts and crafts life now, Lynn, not the doctor life. Lynn with, I, I think a small degree of satisfaction tells Amanda that she's going to need a drill. <laughs> yeah. <for> the procedure. <laughs> I love that. It was a nice and underplayed, very understated. And I was like, that's pretty badass. Like she's, she's the only woman who gets to jigsaw jigsaw. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, she, you know, she's really good though with the whole Hippocratic oath thing because Jigsaw's yeah. got her in a position where she's pretty sure she's gonna die at the end of this thing. And she still actually treats him. She treats him like a patient. She goes out of her way to like ask him how's he doing is he comfortable does he feel any pain like it's she goes into doctor mode I would say yeah that's probably a very comfortable place for her at this moment that's that's a really fair point is that I guess when you're in a traumatic situation if you can compartmentalize to the extreme and just go I am in a professional capacity and I'm going to act like a professional and that's going to get me through then it's probably the right thing to do yeah. Well, now she has to drill into his skull and relieve some of the pressure that's going on in his head, uh, literally his brain up against his skull. So, yeah, she gets to drill into it. She gets to do this to him and he has to be awake for it, which I think is so fair. I was so glad. Yeah, <laughs> I literally laughed at him. It's it's another gross scene where she, um, she's got a drill. She's drill. She's drilling into his skull. Um, she peels back the skin from his head, which the sound um, effects are so <laughs> the, good here. <laughs> a flap of skin that she pulls back. I was like, Mike, people's skin on their heads is not that thick. Like, yeah, I, I thought that know. too. I thought that I kept feeling my head, and I was like, I can feel my skull. I don't feel yeah, that much flesh. <laughs> Jigsaw's got a fatty skull. Like, yeah. <laughs> like fat the head. skin is so thick. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's thick. It's really thick. And then she drills into a skull. She like cracks the bone out. And then she cuts through some kind of membrane. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think <gasps> you're supposed to cut just cut through that <laughs> looks like a thing we're supposed to leave alone <laughs> um and we see jigsaw brain and you know what it reminds me of have you seen oh, i don't remember which one it was this is frustrating it was either in the movie hannibal or in red dragon hannibal where i it love was in hannibal, hannibal where they serve ray Liotta yeah his where, own brain yes <laughs> yep Yep, where they cut into the brain and like because you there's actually like no nerve endings in your brain so you can yeah cut into it and like you won't actually be aware of it and yeah it reminds me of that yeah and you eat it yeah I'm surprised you didn't take a little bite (laughs) as she was doing it wait you know Hannibal was Hannibal also around this time frame was there like a big development in like props I think so like brain props where they were like (laughs) they figured out how to make brains look really real and they were like every horror movie is getting a brain I think Hannibal was early 2000s 2001 yeah. yeah so Hannibal Hannibal had it first they, they might have they might have taken it from Hannibal 
but they did leave out the E. Yeah, five years later. That's wild. <laughs> Hannibal is so good. I I love. I Hannibal. think I saw Hannibal. I think I was in like sixth grade when I saw Hannibal, and I remember that brain scene. Uh, it stayed with me. I still some. Yeah. I do you ever have things where just like every once in a while you just yep pops into your head like a little that's, intrusive thought. Yeah, that's yep. the um eyeball popping out in Hostel towards the end of that movie. I'll never let oh, go okay. of that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> formative moments <laughs> formative yeah moments, <laughs> um but what I thought was really sweet about this scene is John get, sees these flashbacks of his wife he sees Jill in his head we don't know who this woman is that he sees and they don't I like that they don't explain it to us in this movie that shows you that the writers really really knew that they were going to make enough money to do a soft floor and therefore bring back Jill maybe they even I had that in writing already I don't know but but yeah we do get to see Jill and I thought that was very sweet Saw 3 was the highest grossing movie of the entire franchise oh really yeah it's all downhill from here I gotta look yeah I didn't see that yeah but I can it's, on Wiki- it. it's on Wikipedia <laughs> yeah it had so Saw 1 did really well um so they immediately greenlit Saw 2 Saw 2 did great they immediately greenlit Saw 3 Saw 3 did really well I think it was like a hundred million plus including international and the thing though was that I think everyone was really excited to see Saw 3 and it was pretty much universally panned as a bad movie yeah and so even though they made they kept making more of them they just it didn't have quite the same like zeitgeist feeling of the first couple after they hit Saw 3 no yeah, I agree. I mean, I still, I, I like this one, again, more than I expected to. But yeah, it's not great. But what else do we get to see here? Oh, we do see Lynn kind of look at her her wedding ring, you know, like fondly. So I was thinking maybe Jigsaw's on to something, you know? She's yeah, retaining you know, her marriage. People, making people grateful for the things they already had. <laughs> maybe things Wish that, you could have uh, that back. <laughs> A marriage counselor could have done in a less gruesome way. Oh boy! But you know, this is free. This is free, free therapy for them. They didn't have yeah. to pay for this. They didn't so. have to pay. Yes, no insurance <laughs> to deal with. Um, but then we see Amanda cutting, so maybe not. Maybe it doesn't work Poor because Amanda. Amanda still is not cured. <laughs> yeah, she she needs some help. She's not doing good. We also see that she went back and mercy killed Adam, which is not yeah. in line with the Jigsaw ethos. No, and Jigsaw, so immediately before this, this flashback, so this is flashback number four in this movie. So in this flashback, <laughs> this is where Jigsaw is trying to tell Lynn and Amanda that Amanda's weakness is her emotions. She's just mm-hmm. an emotional, weak little woman. And that's going to be her downfall. That's what he tries oh. to say. Like, he's not an emotional person. <laughs> as he's thinking about his wife as he's his dying. His dead wife, yeah. And, yeah, and so... Not dead wife, lost wife, whatever. Lost wife, yeah. Um, so, she, so she knew that Adam was going to die a really slow, protracted, painful death. And so she brings some saran wrap downstairs with her and she goes into that basement bathroom and she kills him 
that's not a jigsaw move to make. Um, we, we don't really agree with that. I think that it's after, it's after the last trap that we see that she's also tried to do this mercy killing another time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just making sure I got the order right. So we know that Amanda's just not, she's not cut out for the jigsaw life. No. She can't handle this. If he's not there to be her moral compass, oh boy. And then feel guilty about it and cut herself. It just, it's, it doesn't work. There's no, there's no lesson to be learned from that. <laughs> the negative feedback loop over and over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, after we get to see those flashbacks, we do head into trap seven. And the message on the door of trap seven says, here's your chance. So this must be a pretty important character in Jeff's uh, epic journey through vengeance. <laughs> oh, man. So he goes into this one. And of course, it's the guy. It's the young man. He's still Timothy. a young man. It's only been three years. This is Timothy. Yeah, yeah. I, I said the wrong name earlier. This is Timothy. He is strapped to a device that they've called the rack. It looks like he's being crucified. So yeah. he is this like so sad looking young black man who is, he's got bolts through his palms and his feet on this device. And you know, there's something mechanical and terrible about this device that's going to mm -hmm. happen. It just and looks terrible. Yeah, and the crux here is that on the tape, Jigsaw tells Jeff that in order to get the key that would free the man who killed his son, um, it will trigger a shotgun that will kill him. So it's a life for a life. Is Jeff willing to sacrifice himself so that he can free the man who killed his son? And the... <laughs> answer is what's the answer Kate Jeff, Jeff does none of the above <laughs> oh god this is actually my favorite trap of this episode this would be it I hate it it's awful I hate watching it I sweat when I watch it I can't yeah, I had a hard time watching it yeah I but it is my favorite it is nasty and it's really medieval it is. It seems yeah. like an old-fashioned torture thing. So you think that maybe they're going to do like a draw-and-quarter type thing with this rack. Um, and then you find out it's even more devious in that it twists. So it's <sighs> literally like ripping apart this young man's limbs <sighs> by, by twisting them. It and so... And they show a lot of it. They... It's... Yeah, it is full on. <laughs> So Jeff, he does the thing that he is best at, which he stalls. Uh, he of just course. stands there. But good thing he's got his trusty judge friend with him to get the job done. The judge is screaming at him. The judge is like, come on, man. Like, you can't just let him die. And I love that the judge is like, this is your trap. You got to pull the trigger, man. <laughs> the judge is like us. The judge is us yelling at Jeff. Wake up, Jeff. God, I I was screaming like, thank you, judge, you know, when he's telling Jeff what to do. And I'm like, yes, somebody tell Jeff. Um, I love how the judge goes over to Timothy and, and says, don't give up. 
Yeah, the judge is there for moral support. He's like, he tries. hold on, stay alive. Jeff waits long enough to try and – Jeff thinks that he can outsmart the system. And I think that this yeah. is one of the first times we see – not first time, but one of the more – clear times we see someone who's like oh this trap isn't actually built that strongly so maybe if I can dismantle this I can get the key to save Timmy and not shoot myself and so he examines the shotgun setup and pulls the key out in a way that he thinks is going to not trigger it and it does trigger and it shoots and kills the judge (laughs) yeah like oh the poor judge Everyone who tries to do something nice in this episode just gets fucked. Yeah, it's not a good time for anyone. Yeah. So, Timmy's dead. He He is twisted in all kinds of ways. It's horrible. It's, you see broken bones. His skin is ripped. It's. Yeah. And he, he, this is, this is the trap where I was thinking, why hasn't he passed out yet? He is just screaming yes. the whole time. Me too. I, How do you stay awake? <laughs> if someone twisted my arm and broke it, I'm pretty sure I would pass out immediately. I, I can't imagine. I just, yeah, of course, right? Isn't this that why, why that mechanism is built into our biology for a scenario such as this? I know. How how much of a betrayal is it for your body to keep you awake <laughs> for something horrible like Asshole. this? your body is and then they end it with him i mean he's lost his limbs at this point i don't think you can fix that if you've twisted your limb into shards can you fix no, that no it's gone it's nope, done it's right gone. so he's now a pair like a what is that a, a quad quadriplegic yeah. at this point um let's yeah. just finish it off and twist his neck all the way around and end it it's it's terrible all over there's it's, no yeah there's no saving this poor kid. None of these, I don't think any of these people were going to survive in one way or another. I think Jigsaw no. set up these traps, his henchmen set up these traps, knowing that if they weren't going to die during their explicit trap, it was highly likely that they were going to die in some other circumstance. Yeah, Jeff would um, mess it up. He, he really doesn't like to leave victims. Like he he's willing to accrue henchmen from people who survive. Mm-hmm. But he's not really cool with people just straight up surviving any yeah. of his traps. They make sure to go out of their way to kill people who survive. So I think that even had he lived, if they hadn't snapped his neck, I think that Jigsaw would have, I don't know, had some other mean trick up his sleeve to get him in the end. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that leaves us with uh, back to amanda and lynn so jigsaw's resting mm-hmm. um he's got a big white bandage so you know he's had brain surgery it's the universal code for brain surgery right the big white bandage on your head <laughs> oh and by the way when lynn is doing that surgery she does not have a mask which as we all know no. is pretty disgusting <laughs> Yeah, in like, the time of Corona, we're like, <laughs> where's your mask? She gets blood all over and her face. In her gonna... mouth, in her eyes. Amanda, could you not have grabbed a mask while you were grabbing all those other things? Really? Poor Amanda man. probably liked it. She's probably yeah, she like, probably yeah, did. give me that blood. 
Yeah. Get that biohazard. <laughs> yeah. Amanda's so deeply jealous of Lynn. She feels like Jigsaw's paying special attention to her. Right. And throughout the movie, Jigsaw's been like dropping these things on Amanda about how like there are rules, Amanda. We're not going to kill Lynn. Put your gun away, Amanda. There are rules to follow. Like he's kind of guiding her like through this movie. He is. And, and and there's also that scene where he is is having that flashback to Jill and he says, I love you because he's hallucinating and he thinks that he sees Jill, but but it's Lynn right there in front of him. And Amanda sees this and gets really jealous. She's, she's like, so Oh no, mad. not my man. You cannot have him. Yeah. And she's yeah. mad about it. I wonder how she would have handled Jill. She would have hated Jill. Um, yeah, Amanda could only ever exist in a post-Jill world, I think. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> These movies are all in a post-Jill universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, where we're at at the end is, you know, we're going to start to see these plot lines converge. And this is where the the big, like, twists happen. Um, right before the final showdown occurs, we do get an additional flashback where Jigsaw is calling out some of the pitfalls of Amanda and where she fails. She had gone back down into the warehouse bathroom where Matthews was and was there to hunt him down because he had actually broken his foot, um, figured out a way to get out. And she was there to kind of take care of business, so to speak. And Matthews, even with a totally mangled left foot, um, he's he's a strong detective man. And he and Amanda fight, and he beats the shit out of Amanda. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. He smashes her against the wall and the floor. Looks yeah, awful. her face is super beat up. She's like, yeah, she is not a, an even match to him in any no. way, shape, or form. But she does um, kick him in the foot where, he, you know, his broken foot. And that was pretty gnarly. Yeah. So she does. Uh, she does end up killing him, though, right? No, no. He'll come no. back in the next episode. He is not oh. necessarily dead at this point. They don't okay, show so what happens. Yeah. Got it. OK, so she leaves him and she does this kind of look back with her mangled face. And you think that he's dead he's not dead. This is kind of an ongoing theme characters. You think who are dead, but you don't see explicitly die and like explicitly die. Like they're getting their like guts ripped out or something. Like that's pretty much the standard for people dying in here. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we, and we hear Matthews as they're, you know, she gets away from him. Um, she leaves him and he screams out after her. You're not jigsaw. So we, we are still referring to him as Jigsaw, so that's still happening. But um, this, this I think, kind of gets under her skin, too, a little bit. Yeah, she's got this chip on her shoulder. She wants, she wants Jigsaw to live forever, but she also wants to be Jigsaw. She's very mixed up about her, her feelings with him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're having their little showdown with Lynn. Um, she doesn't want to let Lynn free, even though her part of the test is over. Um, Jigsaw instructs Amanda to let her go and take the collar off. And Amanda says, no. And Amanda says, people don't change. And finally she gets it. (laughs) 
And I was like, yep. good, good, Amanda. Get away from him now. <laughs> People don't change. This doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the way to do it. Like years of therapy, um, antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, a good meditation practice, and some lifestyle balance after many years of dedicated effort can change a person. But putting someone in a harness trap that's going to rip their face apart, it's not really going to be the thing that does it. No, never. So we have um, Amanda is pointing a gun at Lynn. She's frantic. Uh, Jigsaw is trying to talk her off the ledge. And we see coming through the door um, is Jeff because the key that Jeff had at the very beginning of the movie when he was locked <laughs> locked in a little wooden box, um, he actually held on to the whole time. And that's the key that leads him into uh, Jigsaw's workroom. And so he comes through the door and it's just abrupt chaos. <laughs> it's chaos yeah. across the board. We see uh, a ser- a quick series of Lynn shoots at, no, sorry, Amanda shoots Lynn. Mm-hmm. And yes. Jeff shoots Amanda mm-hmm. and catches her in the neck. So she's shot in the neck and she's bleeding out. And Jigsaw says to Jeff, like, this is the true test. But he also says to Amanda, game over. He says it to Amanda, game over. That's right. So we've got <laughs> That's important. With ending to two tests. Endings to two tests. Jigsaw, sorry. So Jigsaw does tell Amanda that this whole time that this was also a test for Amanda to see if Amanda could get over herself and keep Lynn alive the whole time. Yeah. And she wasn't able to do it. So she she failed Jigsaw's second test for her. And so I did count this as a test. I, I added no, in No, this is Amanda's her third test. test. Oh, because she was in the test. house also. Yeah. Yeah. The house one is, because of the timeline, is a little vague. I felt like she was a plant in there. And so I guess she would have been in peril the whole time. But she she herself wasn't actually being tested, though, was she? In the house? Well, I think he, I think he says that he throws, you know, he's up. She, oh, she says, you know, I wasn't good to myself. She starts cutting again. And that's sort of why okay. she's in the house. Um, so Got I think it. it's a little bit of both. Okay. She's, okay. She's so like, she's and also, cause she, she yeah. was surprised when she saw Daniel's photo as well. Got it. Okay. So she, yeah. anyway. so she in on it, knew that, knew the deal had been working for Jigsaw, but was willing to get tested again and again. So she should have known that with the way he was talking to her about the, yeah. you know, the rules and the, and following the rules that she was in some kind of test, but she was just so in her own feelings about the whole thing that she couldn't, couldn't see past her own nose. No. So she did not keep Lynn alive. Um, she, you know, shot at Lynn. Lynn's bleeding out. She's not dead yet, but she is bleeding out really quickly. And Jigsaw says to Amanda, game over. Amanda realizes what's happened as she's laying there bleeding out as well. Yeah. Then the conversation turns to Jeff and Jigsaw, uh, where Jigsaw tells Jeff that his final test is whether or not he can forgive Jigsaw. 
Yeah. And this is pretty diabolical because Jeff doesn't know that Jigsaw's heart rate monitor is connected to the bomb. And <laughs> Lynn bomb. is too weak and to tell him. She's trying. She's like, yeah. Jeff. Jeff. And he's just like, shut up, babe. I got work yeah. to do. <laughs> he's not going to listen to her now. They barely had a relationship no. before. Yeah, it's a mess. No. Jigsaw tells him, you know, there's all of these medical instruments that you can use against me if you want, um, or you can take your wife to go get the medical help that she needs. I can, he, he even says, I can have um, an, ambulance. an EMT here, yeah, an ambulance in four minutes. And it's like, how do you have that connection? Is that Gordon? It must be, right? Yeah, yeah it must right. be Gordon. You're right. That's Gordon. Yeah. So, um, you know, Jeff kind of looks at all the instruments and he's, again, he's taking his time. Oh, and what does he his grab? His wife is dying. <laughs> his wife is dying. He's taking a sweet time. And then what does he grab? He grabs what that little grab? saw. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a buzz it's like saw. A, right? Yeah, it's or, like, a, uh, like a circular saw. Yeah, circular saw. It's like a little saw circular things. saw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you think it's going to be really gross, right? You think this is going to be nasty and 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 guts everywhere and blood everywhere but it's really not he just does a quick swipe through jigsaw's throat so he basically chokes on his own blood right yep and and yeah and we get this super flashback um at the end where it's just like really quick cut scenes to like basically every victim in the saw universe thus far and it just ends. It just ends with Lynn's exploded head. We don't actually see it explode. We just see the aftermath. It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it does a quick montage. And then the montage ends with a still shot of Lynn's exploded head. So we we assume at this point that Jigsaw's heart rate, you know, he bled out, that it dropped to zero. And... um. I guess we assume that Jeff has maybe died in the explosion as well. We don't know yet, but we don't we'll know. find. I know they this carries over into the next episode. We do yeah, find out what man, happens I to Jeff. Yeah, I like after Saw three. My recollection of the remainder of the Saw movies gets real dicey. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. And like I, there's this chunk where I'm like, I don't remember if it's three, four, or five. Or even six. Six is very forgettable to me. Um, and I get them all jumbled in my head. I remember specific scenes. And then as I rewatch them, I'm like, oh, that's right. I know this whole movie. But as I'm trying to recall them, I'm like, this character looks like they're dead. They're probably not dead. That's yeah. like a good rule of thumb that you can kind of take. And yeah. that's it. That's the movie. That's the movie. I think the worst part about this movie is that Jeff gets to be the one to kill Jigsaw. He doesn't Jeff, deserve it. Jeff is so <laughs> lame. <laughs> He's not a good character. Oh, we forgot one thing here too. Oh, and it's we forget. so perfect. It's so perfect that we forgot this, Megan. Okay. Which is that that Jeff kills Jigsaw, and with Jigsaw's dying breath, he presses play on a tape, and oh. the tape tells him yes. that only Jigsaw knows where his daughter, which everyone forgot about for 99% of the movie is locked (laughs) somewhere and no one knows where she is except for Jigsaw and then Jigsaw dies. Yeah. 
so that's what Jeff now has to live with is that he's lost his son. Um, he got vengeance on every person. He yeah. lost his wife and his daughter is now locked somewhere where no one knows. Yeah. And it's all Jeff's fault. I mean, it's Jigsaw's yeah. fault, but it's still Jeff's fault. <laughs> but I made some better choices. I can't believe that Jeff woke up. Okay, because Jeff got kidnapped in his own house with his daughter. Like his yeah. daughter was in the house when he got kidnapped. And when he woke up, he was like only thinking about himself and yeah. his son. He didn't think once about his daughter. He didn't think once about his wife. He was just like, I am in a series of traps that I must get out of. He doesn't put any time at all into thinking about his daughter. No. It doesn't even cross his mind. So, of course, we're going to forget. We don't know her. But, yeah, she's she's apparently locked away in a box, probably going to starve or suffocate to death. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they do follow up on that in the next episode. But it is a cliffhanger for this one. Yeah, now that's Saw. <laughs> saw three. <laughs> saw three. What's your, what's your recommendation? What's your review? Oh, uh, this is not my most beloved Saw movie. So my recommendation for this one is it's it's good for anyone who's working their way through the Saw series. Like, I think that there's so much reliance on the first two Saw movies and it connects up to later Saw movies. Like Megan said, there's cliffhangers here that they start to resolve or follow through on in later movies. There's stuff that happens in way later movies, like, with the other detective who's involved, with Dr. Gordon who's involved, that makes this into a fun Easter egg hunt in this movie. So I would say that if you're already in it, if you're already committed to watching the movies, this one is a good one to to watch to continue the series on. And then it's fun to go back if you're watching them again because you'll pick up on some of these Easter eggs. I think uh, for me, this episode is sort of the last of the part of Saw that I like. Um, this does not really focus on the police officers all that much. The next one is where we start to follow those storylines a bit more closely. And it doesn't have a lot. It has, you know, an introduction of Detective Hoffman. So I, I can't stand the guy. But um, this is like the last good episode I feel like before I think they start to tank um even though I enjoy them all so yeah my recommendation is watch watch this one um for the traps and for getting to see some some pretty intricate um journeys through to, through self-discovery right um and yeah after that it, it becomes a bunch of um, following detectives through through these types of scenarios and I don't think it's as good so yeah I think Saw 3 is definitely worth watching but it's not one of the better Saws for sure cool yeah so final trap count um, I think it is more than seven I think um, I didn't count so yeah because where I left off was let's see this was the Timothy the rack right um, but yep. what I forgot was Amanda, she's basically in a giant trap slash test, right? She Keeping is, Lynn yep. alive. So that's eight. I also, I don't, I don't think I counted Jeff's final test at the end, at the very, very end. I counted that in with the whole thing. Got it. Um, okay. 
so I'm not sure if that counts as two tests. The other test I didn't count was the shotgun in the rack room. And that, I just sort of lumped that in with that whole room. Um, like it's yeah, two parts of the same test. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that in general, if we're grouping those together, then I think we have eight traps. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll stick with eight. It's a good number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that's saw three. I think that's a wrap. Yep. Thanks for listening. This has been Not Quite Dead. Make sure to check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, you know, if you're feeling a little wild and crazy, why don't you try listening to them out of order? It's not like the Saw movies make sense anyway. Or, you know, listen to them in order, as they were intended. Either way, thanks for listening to our show. Don't get sawed. <laughs>